You're listening to Parenting in Black and White, the podcast where we dissect all the gray areas of parenting from the perspective of black and white parents. This is Candace. And this is Paula. And I'm Eric. This podcast is about children, not for children. And some of the topics might be inappropriate for some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. Hello, hello. How are we doing? We are doing. We are doing. <laughs> um, welcome to our first episode. Uh, my yeah. name is Paula. And got Candice and Eric. Got... Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, Eric, you tell us what the podcast is called. It was your idea to come up with this name. Yeah, it was my idea, wasn't it? Um, the podcast is called uh, Parenting in Black and White. Um, and my idea was to have parenting perspectives, uh, ideas, and thoughts from uh, Black parent and white parent. And kind of be funny about the differences um, and then uniquely educational about the singularity. Mm-hmm. So that was my that was my plan. Sweet. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean we're here for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are basically conversations that we have all the time amongst the three of us. Um and like we just happen to meet on socials <laughs> somehow, mm-hmm. became friends and <laughs> talk about life. Um I am that type of person that will just kind of randomly meet someone and start talking about like deep stuff and people are like talking about the weather you know <laughs> and it's uh-huh. about two people that are just like that so um yeah so I think it's you know we're all very passionate about parenting and respectful parenting um and so I think it'll be really fun for you guys to get to hear us and get to hear these weird conversations that we have um we've done a couple <laughs> lives together and Instagram always kicks us out or we have technical difficulties every time (laughs) and there's such good conversations and like the people who are there like this is amazing and it's all gone so this it's so weird it's literally every time we've all done one one together it's like ridiculous yeah yeah instagram does not like (laughs) us um so yeah so that's kind of what uh we're hoping to do um so you know this isn't meant to be like a how-to podcast if you're looking towards like learning how to parent (laughs) um i mean we might have tips for you but the idea is more to discuss things than to uh, provide different perspectives and and just have good deep meaningful discussions and um yeah i don't think uh we're we're not here to pretend to be the expert or to tell you what to do any advice that you get from here definitely all the time so yeah mm-hmm. take it and use it how you will but don't blame us <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think what what we're all about is just trying to have uh you know have conversations that make that make you think and maybe make you stop and think about how you how you've existed and how you've gone about either parenting or you know just being in the world so yeah. 
that's that's you know what we usually talk about <laughs> in our DM. Yeah. So and bringing and, it to you <laughs> and finding like that middle ground or not even middle ground, but that balance of like we we you know we especially Candace in particular is the is the data geek here. Uh, but you know, Eric as well. You're, you're big into research, and uh, we'd like to look at evidence and and what research says about parenting and different topics, and also looking at the nuance and looking at where how does that fit with our cultural background and our lived experience. And and I think that's mm-hmm. what's missing in the parenting space and the social media space. It's just there's a lot of like there's this right way to do things because this and this researcher said so. And it's like, and that's it, you know? And so it's funny because I think the name parenting in black and white is sort of the opposite because we're not black and white in thinking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. it's kind of like a, um, many shades of gray. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Parenting in the gray. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what we're bringing here or it's what I hope that we're going to bring you guys. So. Yeah. And the good thing is, well, the other thing is people don't, as people don't understand that um, research is one thing and it's great and it's what we need. Uh, but the evidence and the results and the data of research means nothing until you can apply it. So it doesn't mean anything for me to say, this is what uh, leads to the best outcome or this is what uh, research says the best practices are until I can apply it to my family door. And other families are yeah. So it means it means nothing to have a bunch of uh, data results if I can't figure out how that applies. To um, For sure. And, but mm-hmm. hope to help parents and uh, and see better. Yeah. Is, this is what Eric, I can to apply. I think that we need to have a whole episode on like the nuance of of data and, and research. <laughs> I think that we could we could talk about that for a oh, while. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a long episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I we think, got it though. I think that would be fun. I um, do. So I guess we'll start with Eric. Do you want to tell us about yourself? How did you end up on this journey? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am Eric. Uh, I run the underscore breastfeeding father. Or I'm sorry, the underscore breastfeeding underscore father uh, on Instagram. Um, you can also find that, uh, I think, at the breastfeedingfather.com. Um, I started because in undergrad, even uh, as a psychology major, there's no information about dad, what a dad's role is uh, in their children. And being that my focus is child and adolescent psychology, I found that the best way to help kids have the best outcome they possibly can is through their giving the information to their caregiver so that they can do something different, implement changes, figure out what's working well, doing what's doing great, keep those things. Uh, but when you're talking about child, parent, caregiver outcome, you're usually talking about mom. Mm-hmm. So I began to get frustrated. Like, what about me? There would be no baby without me. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> in this role. Um, and there was just really no information. Um, 
And so when you did talk about information about dad's roles, it was about this, about, you know, kind of the way to your father. Gets mm -hmm. Definitely not. not I, don't, I don't care. That way. And so when I became a graduate student, I was like, hey, this gap is still here. And then my wife said, hey, we're going to breastfeed. And I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So there are continuous gaps uh, that need to be filled. And instead of complaining about them not being filled, I decided to fill them. And so Love here. it. I think that I think that what you're doing is so important, especially in the context of a lot of the things that I know. I guess I can kind of go into mine after, but especially because I have my public health background and I know all about ACEs and all the different things. How parenting plays obviously a huge role in your overall health throughout your life, and you know we we say I feel like we're hitting our heads up against the wall all the time. Um, you know, saying like, oh, how do we you know get males in our society to you know be uh you know more you know uh involved with the kids and yada 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 and and yet no one's doing anything to change that so i i i think that's why paul and i were drawn to it in terms of like you are just just like you said you're filling a really needed um you know niche 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 yeah however you say it <laughs> void um, that exists yeah absolutely so Happy to have you, and we're so happy you're, you know, you want to be friends with us. That's the best part. <laughs> um, for being a friend. Since I just had to talk forever, I'm going to keep it short because Eric's going to make fun of me if I talk about myself too long. So I'll go next. I'm Candace. No, we're, we're just going to make fun of you for saying sorry. Regardless, I'm well, make. you know what? You can make fun of me for saying wicked for being <laughs> and drinking my microwave coffee, too. Oh, okay? God. <laughs> um, so, so like I said, I'm Candace. Uh, I um, uh, like I think that all of us share the similarity that we came to the, the parenting space because we found a gap somewhere. So. Mm -hmm. As I said, I, I have a background in public health, um, a master's in public health, and I have a, a undergrad in psychology. So I've, I've always been interested in, um, you know, how people how people operate and um, how we influence others and um, impact others in in so many different ways. Um, so I, I worked as an epidemi epidemiologist for about six years, um, and I uh, be became pregnant uh, and had my June 2020 baby right at the beginning of the pandemic um, after, you know, working tirelessly while super pregnant, trying to figure out this, this new infectious disease that we're still dealing with years later. And I, um, I found myself feeling so alone and just lost um, in terms of how the hell am I supposed to, you know, be working in, you know, this type of environment, doing this type of work, um, and have a small child because in the U.S. we have to go back to work so so um, so early. And I thought I was really privileged as I had three months that I was able to you know hold my position uh, without losing my position. Um, the pay is a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, so as as a lot of parents do, we get super anxious about sleep <laughs> because I have to work, and then you know add the pandemic on top of it. I had to <laughs> I had to go back to my my you know desk job thankfully mm -hmm. from home but also watching my child so sleep um 
quickly became a huge anxiety of mine. And, um, you know, I went to the internet and you just like we were talking about at the beginning, uh, parenting is anything but black and white, but everything that I came across was very black and white and made me feel like I was doing everything and everything, uh, anything wrong. Um, and that my child was completely broken and I devolved in, you know, spun into these like kind of black holes of despair because I wasn't getting, you know, the sleep that everyone was telling me I was supposed to be getting. And I just felt alone and unsupported. Um, and one day I just stumbled upon people like, because Paula had already been uh, doing uh, this type of uh, sleep work in terms of uh, what is biologically uh, appropriate sleep for children and babies. And um, it made me stop and think, hey, I'm going to like actually read research because <laughs> I do that for a living. Why wouldn't I do it myself instead of just taking, uh, you know, someone's super special sleep time, you know, LLC. <laughs> <laughs> like why am I just why am I just taking that like it's it's like like the rules? Yeah. So well, you mean you shouldn't trust use. someone because they're the wife of a pediatrician? <laughs> Jeez, oh my god. Yeah, I have I think I have trauma from that experience. But we can maybe go on into that in another episode. But yeah, so that's what um I decided, you know, there's so many things that I've done in my career in terms of average child experience uh childhood experiences and um you know, looking at family dynamics, looking at different um, social drivers of health, yada, yada, yada. So I started kind of putting all these things together. And I was like, I think that I could fill some sort of kind of uh, gap in, you know, you know, some of the literature, you know, what, what is, should be expected, what, you know, typical infant behavior, um, you know, is, and how we can help parents through it, like, instead of, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to think of like the societal context of things, um, because that's kind of similar to the work that I had been doing, but just with the parenting lens. So that was, yeah, so that's kind of what drove me to the online space. And now I've evolved my stuff to more public health for parents. That's what I am trying to go for now in my, in my shifting online presence. But yeah, and the, I found you guys and this is, we talk about this stuff all the time. So well, thanks for having me. I think what you're doing is so important because especially in the last year with everything going on, I think there, I think public health in general has been like heavily politicized and <laughs> also heavily misunderstood. Right. And so I think what you're doing is so important because there almost seems to be like these camps that I see online of like, either you believe in science or you don't trust anything and it's like science isn't like religious like you're, you're not supposed to believe in it like this didn't you know <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it's that's not how it works guys like, <laughs> it's not supposed to be that way it's, it's the constant like seeking of knowledge and and you know um it's not this black and white we found this to be true that like mm -hmm. we're done right that's the um, other thing that's that's fresh that's super duper frustrating um, as a scientist, um, right. mm -hmm. even just social science, mm -hmm. something is until it isn't. And that's exactly. literally mm -hmm. the definition of theory. And mm -hmm. that's why everything is a theory. That's why Absolutely. hundreds and hundreds of years later, gravity is still a theory because mm -hmm. the day that I throw a pin up in the air and something different happens, the theory changes. Mm -hmm. Even until it's not. Um, 
exactly. it, it's it's like well i within five percent uh you will find that a happen when you do b uh-huh that's it and 95 percent of the time it's going to happen there's uh-huh. five at a time when you can introduce whatever whatever that make it that will make it not happen uh-huh five percent of the time this is what's going to happen until Excellent. we get to 95 percent of the time that's something else oh for sure and, and uh, just like i mean statistics right there i love it and and it's all about who is interpreting the data who mm-hmm. is conducting the study who is, so this is i would love to do a whole episode on that and what they're everything is inherently biased yeah yeah and you, know? you have to remember that all of these like the way research is done the way that you know academics are run in general like this all comes from one specific culture that mm-hmm. tends to dominate the world mm-hmm. <laughs> aka white supremacy right like you think mm-hmm. about um indigenous people who who had passed on knowledge through stories and through um you know family and elders and it, it's a very different way in which they learned about the world and 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 yet they had so much wisdom like so much understanding and the way that they cared for the earth and whatnot and so we look at these fields of study and we're like hey this is how everybody should see the world because like you know western science said this so therefore mm-hmm. we're gonna do this apply this to every single person in the universe where it doesn't work like that's exactly not, that's not how everybody yeah like it, it just we 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 tend to see it as like that's the only way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think I yeah, I could go on and on, but Paula, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, <laughs> introduce yourself before we I? go into a whole. Uh, yes. Here. <laughs> so my name is Paula. I don't have a fancy academic background like you guys. My background is as an early childhood educator. Um, I always always loved working with kids, and I yeah, I went to school for ECE. I always, like, I loved working with kids, but I love more than anything watching, like, parents interact with their kids. I always knew I wanted to somehow work with parents and families because it's just fascinating to see how different parenting styles affect kids, how different, like, the different outcomes that come from that. Um, I guess a little bit sort of going further back on myself, I'm, my background's Chilean. I was 12 when I moved to Canada. To have that sort of background of being an immigrant as a preteen, I think that's a really a big thing that's impacted my life because I had that culture shock of coming to Canada and being like, what? This is very different from how I was raised. And kids are very different from, you know, what I know. And and so so there's that. And um, just in general, I'm always a very analytical person, just like to observe and 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 think about things in different ways and so yeah i became i i worked in childcare for over 10 years uh and then i became pregnant as well uh much like candace i went off and had issues with sleep as well and not issues even more like my kid wasn't even a bad sleeper honestly he was pretty okay but i knew that i didn't want to sleep train him and it was like the only narrative that was out there it was like you have to sleep from your baby and I felt really alone in that and at the same time I was finding people who were like just let it be I'm just you know nurse all day around the clock like don't ever sit down like there was like that extreme side of things I felt like 
And I couldn't find that middle ground until I did find people like that. And eventually I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help families um, because I already wanted to work with families. And then this sort of happened that I was like, no, this is important. Like we need to get this information out to people. Um, and the more I started to learn, the more I realized, wow, there's like no basis for any of this that we're pushing parents to do. Um, and then, yeah. And then sort of that's evolved into like me being online and, and my, my main job is I help people with sleep, but I'm also known for being very outspoken about all kinds of stuff. And, and, um, I always like to tie it back to what does this mean about us as a culture? Like it's so much more, you know, I talk about sleep training and how I don't like sleep training. And a lot of times people are like, well, why do you care so much? Somebody like leaves the kid to cry. And I'm like, because it's not just about that one instance. It's about what, what led to that? Like what led to us as a culture that we came to this place? What are the systems in place that are making us continue to devalue families, continue to push families to do this? Um, so the, I always kind of like to look, zoom out and look at the bigger picture. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, and I think you guys get that. <laughs> you guys get oh, me. Yeah. So um, that's, that's pretty much it. And I have a three-year-old son, <laughs> I guess. We didn't introduce our kids. So yeah, I have a three-year-old. Three-year-old. I, I kind of did. You had to just do some math with mine. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. June 2020 plus two. Yeah. 2022. <laughs> well, I yeah. guess I'm the uh, most experienced parent here. Um, uh -huh, uh -huh. Yes, you are. Knowledge and uh, <laughs> life experiences. I have a nine year old who will be 10. So oh, wow. Jeez. Wild. And I have an 18 month old who will right. be 10 in January. Developing way too fast. <laughs> um, one thing that I just thought about that I need to, I think, make clear is I am extremely petty. And so some days I wake up <laughs> and I choose quiet. Um, so there are going to be some days on this podcast where I may be asked a question and you may not be able to take me seriously. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that you never take me seriously because I'm always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as an it's example today in general i've been getting corrected i think this is the third time i've been corrected about uh proper grammar and spelling uh, and it being the difference in uh british english and american oh yeah don't carry <laughs> the way like i'm not i don't care how you spell something i'm not that much of an asshole but at the same time i'm gonna make fun of you uh, if you put a U in color or <laughs> color, like, uh, like, like I say that yeah. all the time, it's like color. And I'm uh, like, you live in Canada now, Eric. Yeah, you're Canadian. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to add letters to my words. I'm not going to ever say A. Uh, I'm not doing anything. Oh, okay, now it's my mission in life to get Sorry. you to say A. I will never. I will never. <laughs> say, never also, never, ever. For everybody listening, it is a barbecue, and you cook your barbecue <laughs> on a barbecue, <laughs> and you eat your barbecue. Okay. You eat barbecue off the grill. No, it's the grilled. barbecue. 
I know, guys, when we when we gave our intros, because you didn't let me go first and give my entire autobiography, we didn't tell anyone where we were from. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did kind I of give you my wrap it up. Box. Right. <laughs> I kind of gave you my background, but I live in southern Ontario uh, in Canada. So that's that's that for me. How about you guys? Uh, I am from Chicago, but I live in northern Ontario. In the butt. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you kind of do. I'm... You kind of do. <laughs> I have never heard that. That's the first one. Oh man, I am uh, Canada speaking, and I <laughs> I've kind of lived uh, like northeast. We'll just say because I've moved around a lot from like Boston, New Hampshire, and uh, then I just recently moved to Texas, which is I can say a lot of things, but I will just leave it at that. I've had a pleasant experience so far, though. So. Candace was like, they're taking away women's rights. They're Let murdering children there. in schools. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to I'm, Texas. We're signing up. Let's Where's go cook ourselves in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Gilead. <laughs> Seems like a fun adventure. Yeah. I don't know. I have this, like, maybe it's like a white savior complex or something where I'm like, maybe I can do some good. I can save the whole I was going to say, you know, everybody. probably, like, you see people, like, like you see viral videos of like someone going into a tiger's cage and it's never a black person. Obviously it's always a white guy because black people know better than to go into a tiger's cage, right? That's that's Candace right there. She's like the white guy that's like, yeah. let me go touch this tiger and hope it doesn't yeah. bite me. Yeah, well I just figured, you know, I know I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure I'm done having children. So we have to get, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a TMI kind of person, but we're going to get some sort of birth control situation <laughs> going on. I'm just going to say this and then point in the other room. I won't say it out loud. <clears throat> For everyone who's not watching, I did uh, scissor movement. So <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like if I can at least have a couple more votes down here and let, I mean, I've been, everyone I've been talking to has been you know um similar in values oh he just came out here with his little scissors so i guess he heard me <laughs> <laughs> his door's open, his door's open. <laughs> my husband works from home so <laughs> well, but but yeah i mean i think it's just i think a lot of the issues down here is like very um, right maybe not uh um getting as many people out to vote as as we we need but the gerrymandering i think is the the biggest issue but who knows maybe maybe one day i'll i'll stop being socially anxious and uh you know just scared of everything <laughs> that i'll do something meaningful in the like, world. like what like rent for <clears throat> maybe <laughs> i don't know i good. feel like i should but i'm also like don't be mean to me <laughs> like like I can handle it and then like I have to like go into a hole for a month every time. What would I you run for if you did? What would you where would you I start? don't know. Just president. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. You gotta pull a Kanye. No, I I don't I don't know. I'd have to start small, obviously. I've done a lot of like community work and like been with like uh different coalitions and things like that when I was when I was in New Hampshire, just because public health is so inextricably linked with politics um, yeah. and, you know, grassroots movements that, you know, I have some background with that type of stuff, but I don't know. I don't know if I could stick my neck out like that, but maybe I'd just help someone else 
I was going to say, you could be like a really good campaign manager. Right. Could help someone else or at least help knock on doors or make calls for people to get out and do stuff like vote. Any campaign would be lucky to have a bad candy. Oh, yeah. God, hopefully we don't have too many episodes where bad candy's out, but Eric would like (laughs) Yeah, you have to explain that story to people because it's it's so good. I know. So let me try to do it as short as possible. So as short as possible is uh, when I was a kid, I I just had a lot of a series of terrible events. So I think I had a little (laughs) bit of, I I don't even know if it's like, I don't know. I I, I was association. Yeah, I don't know if it's dissociation or something, but when I would get in trouble, when I ended up moving in with my aunt, um, I would do something bad and I would say, no, it wasn't, it wasn't me. It was bad Kansas. Like, and I was dead serious. And like, my aunt was like, it got to the point where she was like, is this something we need to be like, like, does she have like multiple personalities? Like what's happening? You know, like a little bit of civil action going on, you know? Oh my God. yeah, so that's where bad candy. Uh, we, it's our little running joke in in our in our. We love package, bad Candace. So. <laughs> Candace is the best. Yeah, so that's yeah. that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Did we have anything else? I think that I mean that's kind of it. We we talked about who we are and and what we do, but um, there's so much we want to cover. I'm sure we oh, could go sure. on all day. Um. Oh, I know um, one thing that I'll let Paula elaborate on, but we are uh, just want to get out there for people who are listening is we are um, very inclusive crowd. Oh, yes. Um, I wanted to talk about you. Know, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are really inclusive. You know, we we the three of us, we're really good friends and we don't always agree on everything. So like we have a, I think that there's this like um, uh, sometimes folks don't understand that like you can be you be inclusive and still have like pretty different views and mm-hmm. and, and things like that so um, we are open to having uh, educated or um, meaningful conversations about things you know that are uh, you know hot topic current events but one thing that you'll never see is you know we're not we're not like intolerant <laughs> of yeah. you know we believe black black lives matter you know we fully support the lgbtq plus community right. like we you know basic human rights basic human rights are thing. are great yeah <laughs> um, that's my thing I, I i you know i've thought about this a lot though because i like to say you know uh, we, we want to be tolerant but i'm not i'm not tolerant there's certain things i'm not tolerant of like I, i'm gonna be honest like if you're yeah, yeah. a homophobe i'm sorry that's just to me i'm like no i'm good <laughs> Uh, so I, I think what you were trying to say, though, Candice, I agree with you, is is we disagree on a lot of stuff, but there are certain yeah, things yeah. that are basic, like, we, there's no agree to disagree, like, this is yeah, human yeah, rights are human rights, right. it, it just is. Here's a, I think here's an example of that, because I am very tolerant, well, not very, I am, I am mild, <laughs> moderately tolerant of homophobia and anti-Black and anti- a lot of things because I think it opens the door for conversation Um, because I absolutely think that if someone came to me and said, uh, I don't like homosexuality. I hate black people. I blah, 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 blah. Um, If they come to me and say that even angrily, uh, they're coming to me and talking. 
And so I can ask, well, why? Mm -hmm. what, what, makes you, what makes you think that? Um, and then I can listen to why it is that they, that they think or feel that way. And then I can say, well, but what about this? Or what about this? I honestly can't count. Uh, as a clinician, I can't count the time where I've had a patient come and say, you know, when I first saw you, um, this is actually verbatim what a, a female patient said to me that I'm working. said, when I first saw you, I thought you were going to hurt me because you were this big black guy that I had never seen. And so I had an image of what black people and black guys in particular were like. But when I started working with you and I got to know you, you are probably the best person that I've talked to entire facility. And instead of getting all excited and, uh, and I said, well, that means now that you have to change your entire perception of an entire thing. Right. Because if you don't, and you know that even if it's just me, that is not a harmful person, that you accept the fact that you own bigotry, hatred, and racism, all of those. So you can never again say that you are not those things mm -hmm. if you don't believe them about me, but you believe them about the entire culture that I can. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Like if, if, if you just take that as like, oh, he's one of the good ones, like yeah. you're still being racist. It's, it's yeah. still... And so oh, yeah. I, I feel like yeah. when I feel like when we talk about, you know, these mass shootings or mass acts of violence or even individual acts of violence, um, if you're a person that says, well, I don't have time for those conversations, or I shut those people down right away. You take some ownership in those things. Right. Because the person mm -hmm. came to you and said, this is how I feel. And you shut them down and walked away. Right. which could have been the opportunity to take the yeah. time to say, well, why do you feel this way? And now every time it comes out, someone says, you know, he's felt this for a long time. He's talked about this for a long time, or she's done this for a while. She's been saying things like that for a while. And right. nobody took her serious. Nobody took him serious. Mm -hmm. And now this huge event happened when there were mm -hmm. a bunch of steps ahead of that that could have mitigated. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't like to say that I am intolerant of anyone uh, in their viewpoints until I've heard them out and expressed my own uh, viewpoint. Then, if you continue after that, well, then no. Yeah, that's fair. For so long. Yeah. It always depends on how it's done, and yeah, and yeah. But yeah. I can't, I can't turn you away immediately just because you know you're racist to shit. Like, yeah, yeah and, I take responsibility. Yeah. I, I agree with, with that because that, that's like a lot of what is my professional experience, especially right. it, uh, I've had, um, you know, and I've, I've brought, brought that over, I think, into, you know, you know, forward in life, because I think that's good uh, because that's, I think that's exactly it. Eric is like, I, like you, you have to try to hear people's concerns. You have to try to hear like what drives people to be able to deliver information in a way that maybe will, finally land for them yep. um because you know 
they might not have been able to understand why you know the way in which they operate is hurtful or damages people in some some way like whether it be economically or what have so um so yeah so yeah thanks for thanks for saying that because i think that that's where i i I think that we are pretty like um you know that's we want the space to be engaging for you to like if you don't have the same viewpoint as us maybe you will um be able to find some sort of common ground by listening to to the things that we talk about so that makes sense you could probably change my mind about i think that we do a lot for one another honestly yeah which is good because you don't want to be an echo chamber (laughs) right (laughs) yes yeah but that's okay sometimes Uh, but i agree that's true we we want to be able to to talk about things i think Again, like for me, it's not necessarily that I'm going to like be shoot people away, but I think there's just some basic stuff that to me, I just don't always have the time and energy for if, if somebody is going to argue against someone's well, rights or, you know what I mean? And it depends on how they deliver it. Too. And how like they deliver it. Like there's so much. Automatically. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but we also, I mean, and, and that's a big part of what we talk about and acknowledge is that people have different backgrounds and experiences and and we we talk about parenting for example like we're all I would say in this sort of respectful gentle parenting space and I think what happens a lot in these spaces is there's this sort of expectation of perfection um and we don't often talk about it's not often talked about like how your childhood trauma and everything that comes with your life experiences affects your parenting and it's mm-hmm. huge, right? Like uh, it's mm-hmm. huge. And so for anybody who's had any kind of adverse childhood experiences, it is so much harder to raise your children with that kindness and respect if you didn't get it as a child. So FYI, if you're an American listener, two thirds of you have had at least one. So <laughs> one adverse childhood experience. So wild. Wild. Just yeah. Something to keep in mind. I guess a lot could... of us have a lot of uh, you know, acknowledgement to do in order to move forward to reduce harm because again just like paula said we're not gonna be perfect at all it's impossible yeah that's cute and i i I like that word acknowledgement and i think i and that's something else that i wanted to bring into this first episode is to talk about like our privileges and where we're coming from i think we're all fairly financially stable i mean you know, we have a home, food, <laughs> all the things that we need, all our basic needs are met. But we have time to make a podcast that we're not getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're all in marriages. Uh, like, we're not single parents or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I am a white girl living in Canada. You know, I'm even though I'm an immigrant, most people don't know that because of the way mm-hmm. I look and because of, the way I speak, I don't have like a strong accent. So I get to live life as a white girl in Canada, which is a very privileged life. So um, I want to acknowledge that because I think that affects how we view the world for sure. Mm -hmm. And as much as I want to be inclusive of everyone's experiences, there's a lot that I don't know. Um, And Mm -hmm. I want to know, but there's a lot that I just, I don't. So um, yeah, just putting that up there. And don't yeah. think just because um, if you are watching us, um, because I'm black that I don't have, I have a time. Yeah. Um, I am I am very privileged to be in the incorrect. And I'm 
Mm-hmm. I'm very, very privileged to be uh, in the space that I currently am uh, because, you know, me and my wife made a decision on a whim to pick up and move to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I just did it. Like, I, we decided on a date. Um, we called our landlord and said, we're breaking our lease. Uh, we're leaving now. Mm-hmm. And we did it. Uh, we packed up our stuff and left. So that, uh, that in itself, very, very, uh, I am mm-hmm. not, um, I am not ignorant uh, to that. Uh, I am also a male. Mm-hmm. So that also affords a ton of privilege that a lot of other people don't have. So mm-hmm. I know that I have a lot more privileges than I was born with. I know that I have mm-hmm. a ton more than my parents had. Mm-hmm. Um, being a kid from the south side of Chicago in the wood, uh, and currently uh, a few steps away from a PhD. It's, No, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and, and me being like the whitest of white <laughs> in, the, in the parenting pod. Um, I, I, the amount of privileges I have that I had no idea about until like a few years ago are like astounding to me. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it in another episode if we talk about like adverse childhood experiences. I, um, you know, I'm a white, I'm a white girl that um, I grew up right outside of Boston and I, uh, you know, I had a really rough go with family life um you know um and I used to think you know I had it so bad and um I lived in a community where it was a a majority Latino and um I not until I was an adult that I realized like the amount of privilege that I held just in that I was a white girl like when it hit the fan with my family, I was able to live with family. I, I was like placed, you know, by the courts with another, another member of my family. Right. Not, Not taken away. the foster care system. You know what I right. mean? Like I wasn't taken away. Like there was so many things that um, I was able to like move it, like I said, with an aunt and uncle. And I was able to move to New Hampshire, which, you know, um, I, I love the city. And it was like really hard for me. Like that afforded me a lot more privileges because especially because New Hampshire is really white. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, all the things that come with whiter areas, there's safer communities because people are allocating more money towards social services and um, resources in schools than they are throwing people in jail and um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So uh, it, it took a long time for me to recognize all the privileges that I had that allowed me to go to higher ed. You know, I went, I, I was able to, uh, you know, get a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, which, you know, <laughs> I have a house worth of debt, but like, I was able to, uh, I was able to do that. Like, yeah. you know, and I have, a, I have a house. We actually were able to buy another house, which again, super privileged because we took advantage of the market. And we, that's why we moved down here is that we knew we could get a nicer house. Like, so there's like a lot of things that can yeah. compound and we can go on and on about that. Um, when you have a little bit of privilege, it, it, it compounds. <laughs> it's almost like, right. Like money, right. you know, like it, it literally converts to money. So, um, so yeah, I, it doesn't fall, um, you know, I, I, I really acknowledge all of that. So um just going to toss that out there too. I think it's important. Yeah, I'm glad, like, I, and I love that, uh, that we can have that conversation because I think that's a, a conversation that we're seeing happening in the world, but also there's a lot of, a lot of, I'm not privileged. You don't know my life. And it's like, you can be privileged and yeah. also 
have parts that like we have so many there's so many different damage um, parts and right right <laughs> like i you know in a way like being a woman i am part of a marginalized group because men tend to have more power in society than women but i'm also white so where is that like there's so many different experiences but i have two parents who are still married and who support me and take care of my son like that is a huge privilege that like you know so so there's so many things that um are privileged and also i still have hardships in my life and also i still have right um you know childhood trauma <laughs> and stuff like it doesn't take away mm -hmm. from your struggles to acknowledge the privileges that you have well i think that's really crucial um or just every conversation we have it's so important yeah yeah Anything to add, guys, before we wrap this one up? I'm excited for the next. I know. Upcoming. Just don't take it serious, man. <laughs> Especially for me. Don't take it. <laughs> Listen, half the time, Eric will say something, and I'm like, I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> is, this is this for real? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like sarcasm level, like 3,000. I love it's it. So awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, oh, you remind me of like my dad. My dad is like, you just you can never take him seriously. It's so frustrating. You're like, wait, what? And I think that's yeah. one of the things that that's probably one of the traumas that I suffered actually as a kid because we in my family we just don't take him seriously. Um, right. And it could be like one of the darkest moments, and we'll say, oh yeah, but, and you're like. Mm, that's a bit crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not gross, funny. Maybe not. Uh, so you, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, my family's like that too. I think it's a bit of a, a sort way of to cope. For. Yeah, coping yeah. mechanism for mm -hmm. sure. I, I'm I'm the person who will laugh awkwardly in uncomfortable situations where I shouldn't be laughing and it's inappropriate yeah. to do so. That's mm -hmm. me. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed a lot of families. I know my husband's family does that. Where it, and it wasn't until you know. I came in the picture. I was like, "Oh, is that supposed to be funny?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, I mean, it's different. It was a different dynamic than my family. My family just, just like you go silent for, you know, like okay. we don't even talk about it. And then you wake up the next day, and you know, we just start a new argument. So, like we oh. forget about what happened yesterday. It's a new, new day, new argument, new shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add. I think that you know, I I hope that you guys will enjoy our random. Rant. Maybe not so random uh, kind of ramblings. Yeah, just like Paula's. We finish each other's sentences. I'm, I'm a super Sorry. rambler, and I'm also super social awkward. So we'll learn that here. Like, you probably, like, like sense and feel, cut my, like, social anxiety with a knife through the airwaves here. Oh, my gosh. You're so funny. <laughs> and you apologize too much. Yeah. Sorry. I, hey, I haven't even said sorry. No, before. you haven't. But you kind of apologize. I'm proud of you for that. You're apologizing by you just apologize for not apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yes. We should have like a if if you guys are listening and want a, a fun drinking game, drink every time. Yeah, this is so sorry. <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> She's laughing at me. Um, you're not an alcoholic. You will be. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also I have ADHD, so I will interrupt. And I apologize. I'm better than I used to be, but you know, sometimes I miss my social cues too. So, um, but we accept each other for flaws and 
Yeah, some them. things might be uh, some things might be a bit uh, triggering to me. Sometimes I have PTSD from war. Hmm. I'm also a military veteran. I guess I forgot to mention. I was gonna say you didn't say that. I'm like that's just kind of a, just a yeah, small I'm part retired, of your life. <laughs> I'm retired uh, military police officer in the United States Army, so I have a lot of combat experience. So I have PTSD, adjustment disorder, all kinds of stuff. So some things may uh, trigger me sometimes if we're having a meaningful discussion and someone doesn't understand, doesn't get something, especially about military life. Um, so yeah, one, um, I actually had a professor. Help me. Yeah, you know, because in the military, uh, well, she was talking in general. She said, in the military, you just ought to, you know, go kill and follow orders and be obedient. Instantly. Outfit. Mm -hmm. Instantly, like, both shut her down and got her together real quick uh, and told her, you know, no, I'm not just taught how to go kill people. Uh, that is not our job. We don't just go randomly blowing shit up all those mm -hmm. <clears throat> but uh that's not our our focus and if you take a group of 10 guys and their leader is a piece of shit well they're not gonna follow they're not gonna be obedient just random uh to anyone just because um, you will have a very hard time so i took and i take very big offense to that so um yeah sometimes i might get triggered by something but Okay, I'm sure my darkness will come back shortly thereafter. Does bad Eric come out? Bad Eric does come out. Bad <laughs> Eric, but then bad Eric is, is like super educational all the time, like in your face, trying to help you see the error of your ways. Yeah. And then and then usually Candace and I will will try and talk you down. That's kind of usually yeah. what happens. You're like, I can't believe this. And we're like, but wait. <laughs> what about this you uh we all have that and i think that's important mm -hmm. to have people who are mm -hmm. capable uh like feel comfortable enough to to sort of tell you when you're you know or, when you're what? Or, <laughs> i mean or just try to like help bridge the understanding gap you know what i mean where it's yeah. like you're maybe both people aren't wrong mm -hmm. in, yeah in, in some scenarios in some scenarios not most of the time. that one particular yeah. um right I feel like I tend to be that person, but that probably says more about my upbringing as well for survival. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing devil's advocate. But it works well in my work environment, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's good. It's good to have that. I mean, for sure, I, I've learned to see things differently by talking to you guys. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to have upcoming episodes. Oh, and uh, that's the other thing I wanted to make sure I say before we leave is um, we're all... From home, we're all parents. Uh, you guys don't have childcare. I mean, you kind of have some help, uh, Eric, because you have the grandparents around to help. Uh, I've got Daniel Tiger. <laughs> Candace has TV. Uh, my my son is in childcare. But, um, anyways, the point is, is that we don't want to make a promise to be consistent with episodes that we can't keep because I just don't think I just think that would be disingenuous and. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's important, like in this day and age, we can be more flexible. And so, you know, we'll try to put out episodes as often as we can because we're enjoying this. So this is fun. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also not our job. Like we don't get paid for it. And as you know, sometimes you have to prioritize things that you get paid for. So um, I just want to be honest about that uh, for people listening that, um, yeah, we, we're not going to be able to make a promise about that, at least not for now. If you guys... You know, listen Love a lot it. and share with your friends and write us some reviews and we can eventually, you know, uh, get to a better place where we are, uh, we have a bigger community. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we can have some like paid support. That would be great. Yeah, I think that would be my, my goal. If I could like pay somebody like a good salary, you know, to to take care of like editing for us and all this stuff that takes a lot, that's a lot of work that people don't realize that. behind the scenes. That would be awesome. Right. And speaking of getting paid, um, we will definitely be, be plugging uh, our <laughs> venture yeah. so that you guys can support those and yeah, yeah. Sure. be a part of even our individual mm -hmm. help us monetize the things that we are bringing out. Uh, sure. We're not getting paid and we still like uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Having lights and Wi-Fi is good. Yeah, yeah, I like, you know, hitting yeah. the light switch and something happening when I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like having AC fun. during this heat wave. Um, that's always nice. Uh, but yeah, so if you, if, well, everything will be in the description anyway, so you guys can click through to our social medias and websites mm -hmm. and whatnot. And again, down the line, if, if things work out, maybe we'll set up a Patreon or something to bring you guys extra content. If if it all if it all works out for now this is just a fun project between friends and we hope it mm -hmm. provides some uh good content for you guys so yeah awesome this was great thank you guys so much for joining us uh thank you guys yeah, for thanks adding. guys and let us know what you think and that's it that's all i got for today thanks bye, so much everybody, everybody. bye see ya